Welcome to episode number 58. I'm Dan Edwards, and this is A Greater Dayton, highlighting our hometown heroes who inspire, entertain, and inform. On episode 58, we're going to continue highlighting faith-based philanthropic organizations reaching out in ways that really no one imagined pre-pandemic, shining the warm spotlight on two programs at the forefront of huge social transitions as churches and local leaders are changing business models to meet the basic needs for thousands of people in our communities. And just ahead, we focus on City Lights and the Dream Center and the two leaders who are making it happen. A Greater Dayton is powered by the Dayton Business Journal. Why do thousands rely on the enterprising reporting of the DBJ? Well, because in commerce, knowledge is king. Find out why over a million people check out the DBJ website each month. The latest business news affecting us locally as well as globally. No one gives you the in-depth coverage like the Dayton Business Journal. Integrated Dayton Podcast is also brought to you by Pivotal Media, LLC. Integrated marketing, public relations, and commercial production services. What makes someone stop scrolling and land on your page? Well, Pivotal Media has the solutions. 40 years of marketing and broadcast experience can get your company noticed. Expand your brand and your bottom line with Pivotal Media. PivotalMediaLLC.com moving your marketing in new directions. And I have to say it again because someone says I rush it too much when I say that. Pivotal Media LLC. <laughs> there is a, a social shift going on in our society right now, not just in Dayton, Ohio, but everywhere. I want to focus on two pastors leading this charge locally. Pat Murray is the lead pastor at Vandalia's Living Word Church and also Pastor Charlie McMahon at Southbrook Church in Miamisburg. Both are visionaries who say the Dayton region is being served in different ways. According to McMahon, it's because of two impactful dates that have forever changed our lives. 9-11, we went from 1,000 to 2,000 in one week. In one week, because people came back to church with that tragic event. And then they either decided to stay or not. And fortunately, we were doing some things then that were sticky, and they kept people. Uh, we did a series right around that time, The Things That Keep You Awake at Night. Two months on that. What's keeping you awake at night? We, we asked people, what is keeping you awake? And then we addressed it. Well, that was sticky. That kept people coming back. But Dan, 3-11... 20 was the reversal of that same effect. Of course, bars, restaurants, and churches, three places that depend on gathering, were basically shut down. And so this thing that for 20-some years we had been building was unraveled immediately, and the rules changed. Even now, we're still feeling the effects of limited gathering to some extent. So our first weekend back in that summer, we had 200 we went from 5,000 to 200. You serve quite a large area, Centerville, Miamisburg, Springboro, Lebanon, Mason. I mean, different needs for different communities or City Lights kind of meets all those. Yeah. So, for example, people would be stunned by the hunger that's in Miamisburg. The, the hunger that's in the Miamisburg community, people would be shocked. 
There aren't the same level of needs in a city like Springboro or Clear Creek Township where there isn't very much multiple family unit homes and they're, they're just, the needs are different. The trauma that's happening there is, is very different. You'll have, for example, people who, who live in a home that is a single family home, but they don't have the money for furniture. So our ministry that we're cooperating with, Planting Seeds, is a ministry that uh, our Southbrook City Lights in Springboro is really using their community down there to help people have furniture. Um, Centerville has a totally different need. There is some multiple family unit housing in, in Centerville, so you actually do have some basic clothing um, trauma care needs in Centerville that you don't necessarily have in Springboro. Of course, our reach into the city of Dayton, uh, the needs there are different than they are in Centerville and more complex. So that's why City Lights is the decentralization of our church to target those needs, those felt human needs that are indigenous to every area of Dayton. What hit our shores is the depression anxiety slide because of isolation. So that's, that's indigenous to all the areas. That's why City Lights is about connection, care, and community. That's the three prongs of City Lights. And that, you know, it, it, it's overwhelming. The, it's not working out there. It's not working. It's, it, there is a breakdown of the fabric of what makes a life a really good life. And we're doing our best to intercept that entropy. But, yeah, it keeps me awake at night to faith. If we expect people to come to faith... It's not going to happen now in this era predominantly on our campus. It's going to happen because we went to people and we showed them the love of Christ in practical terms. That's how it's going to happen. More than ever, there's a time to be uh, likably audacious with our faith. You know, that, that we got to be bold, but it's got to be a, you made my life better. Tell me about this Jesus you believe in. And, and that sounds funny, Dan, because it's not about us converting people. It's about us showing people the hands and feet of Jesus existent through us. And then eventually people go, I want what you have. You, you, have, you have a peace that passes understanding. I want what you have. And I think that's the future of the church. The future of the church is City Lights. Do you ever think this building will be shuttered and you'll go strictly with City Lights ministry? I think this building will be refashioned. So we have two points of intersection with the greater Dayton community that are going to allow us that if we ever went, church is totally decentralized through City Lights. The Players Box Ministry, which we're rechanging our we're refashioning our building to be a City Lights or excuse me, a Players Box facility Monday through Saturday to serve the needs of families facing pressure artistically, academically, and athletically. And the reverie is where we do weddings and funerals. We, Dan, you can't believe how much we're ministering to Muslim families because they've gotten wind of our reception area and and they'll come here and they'll do some of their family gatherings here, which I just I just think is the, I would never have envisioned that our church could have been a place that we just love the, those, we just love them. Just love them. And so even if our building shut down in terms of, you know what, um, 
church doesn't work anymore at a located facility. We're going to decentralize it and do it in coffee shops and homes and etc. Our building would still be a source of revenue that goes right back into ministry. The new era of church is you can't depend upon the offering basket. You can't. The, the, we boomers are dying. The largest transference of of money is about to happen in the history of the United States. And the generation that really funded churches like these are going to be no more. The boomers. Believe it or not, Dan, we are aging. <laughs> and 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 so your churches are going to have to have some degree with which they find how do we leverage our tools, which in our case is our facility. How do we leverage that to reach people? And then how do we use that to generate ministry funds? It seems like we have so much negativity in the world, but for every bad story that we see, there's a hundred good stories out there. Yeah. How do we get people to realize that life is still good? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. I, I That's where you're hitting my heart because... If we can get people out, we all have bubbles that we live in. And once we, for example, there, there are two results of serving your local community. One is, is you realize, oh my gosh, we have it really good. We're doing pretty well. The other is, literally, God wired us to serve because when we serve, our body releases oxytocin. That good feeling you get when you partner with with shoes for the shoeless and you say we're going to be a way that a thousand kids get shoes that wouldn't have them this winter the good feeling you get from that is literally how god wired us to serve and to embrace one another and that's oxytocin that's the cuddle drug and so your quality of life goes up you also become aware of how many good things are happening Chris Horlocker is doing stuff through Shoes for the Shoeless that people need to know about. You know, um, Danny Bailey's doing stuff through planting seeds and providing furniture that people need to know about. City Lights is happening. There are things happening I'm not even aware of within our City Lights movement that are just stories of people being cared for, people finding belonging in an era of isolation and pseudo-community that, that happens through social media. And so it is there. Um, my mentor told me one time, he said, he goes, 95% of the stuff that happens to me in ministries is, is really good. He said, 3% isn't very good, and 2% is awful. And if I let myself, I'll focus on the 2%. And I think that's true of most of us. Most of us, 95% of the stuff that's happened to us is pretty good. And we have a lot of good things to be thankful for. But if we let ourselves, and I think sometimes if we focus on shock generated news will think oh the world's terrible the world's terrible there's an old story about kids who sprayed a bug spray under their grandpa's nose on his mustache while he was asleep and he woke up and he said this room stinks he walked into the kitchen this kitchen stinks he walked out in the porch and he said the whole world stinks and and the whole world didn't stink the kitchen didn't stink the smell was under his own nose and that, that can happen to, it happens, I don't know about you, it happens to me. It happens to me when I just, oh boy, this is bad. This, no, it's not. No, it's not. There are workers and then there are shepherds. Workers at the first sign of a wolf will scurry and run because their salary is not worth this, but shepherds will die for the sheep. I'm sure you agree with this comment that, uh, you know, church is every single hour of every single day. That's right. 
the person you meet for 30 seconds in an elevator, you can witness to by just simply smiling. That's right. Everything's going to be okay. We that's just right. have to hold hands and hold on. Yeah. And that's what City Lights is about. It's based on Matthew 5, 14 to 16. You now go, you are the light of the elevator, of the workspace, of the school lunchroom. You are my plan. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden, neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bush or under under a bowl, but let your light shine in such a way that people see your good deeds and glorify your Father who is in heaven. So in other words, the, the thing about city lights that's so cool, it's not just about organized religious movements. It's it's you know, and when you step on that elevator, Dan, you have the capacity to improve some people's day. Social science will tell you you do not change Dayton, Ohio by Portland, Oregon shouting at us, you need to be like us. That, that's not how you affect social change. You change the world the way Jesus did it, one life at a time. Jesus didn't change the world just in mass, and we think of him as speaking before large groups of people and healing and feeding, but it's that one leper, it's that one blind man, it's that one woman at a well. That's how we change Dayton, because one life affects another life, which affects another life. It's the old imagery in Lord of the Rings when they lit the, the fire on one mountain, and the next mountain sees that and lights its fire, and the next mountain sees that and lights its fire. That's how Dayton will change. Do we need social constructs that, yes, we do. We need legislation that takes care of orphans, etc. That's not going to save Dayton. What's going to save Dayton is Dan Edwards and Charlie McMahon saying, what's wrong with Dayton? I am. I'm what's wrong with Dayton. I can change Dayton by changing the person I got on the elevator with, by encouraging that nurse that I said, hey, can you give me the room number of Alan Moore? Help honoring her, the, the person who's serving me in the restaurant. That's how we change Dayton. Meanwhile, Pastor Pat Murray of the Living Word Church in Vandalia has taken a huge leap of faith. Already providing weekly meals, he and an army of volunteers are busy rehabbing a 115-year-old church on 3rd Street in East Dayton's inner core. Driven by the sorrowful statistic that nearly 25% of families in our region with children are food insecure meaning they don't know where their next meal is coming. How scary is that? Well, they hope the aptly named Dream Center provides human rehabilitation as well. We started our church 32 years ago. 30 years ago, we began to talk about having a Fresh Start Center, and the Fresh Start Center is basically the Dream Center now, mm. was the idea of complete total human rehabilitation. At whatever the spectrum, um, people are in bondage. Matter of fact, we've said it for years that we don't have a drug problem in, in Dayton. We have a hope problem. And as soon as you deal with the issues that keep people buried in hopelessness, drugs become inconvenient instead of a, uh, an escape. And so that's the idea of, of what Dream Center is really all about. It's not just drugs, however. People do hopeless things in life because they have, lack opportunity, they lack education. Uh, their family has been dysfunctional for so long, they don't know where to start to help themselves. And so the culture is just one of hopelessness. Mm -hmm. 
And so Dream Center is really all about the ability to take the circumstances that they're in and take the bold love of Jesus right into the neighborhoods that need it the most. Mm -hmm. And so uh, four years ago, we began the process of purchasing the, uh, the old church building on 3rd and Monmouth Street. Uh, in right in the epicenter of drug fatalities um, and began to just start feeding people in the neighborhood. We, we use what we call the Hope Truck to do that every Saturday. And so we'll feed somewhere in the ballpark of about 300 meals every Saturday right out on the street. And, um, and the teams and the gatherings, the church plant that we're going to have at the Dream Center, all of it contributes to complete human re rehabilitation. Mm. Yeah. So when you're there, I'm assuming you're not doing the cooking, but you're kind of overseeing things. But what what's the impression of the community that you're in when you come rolling in with that hope truck? Oh well, see, we're we're making friends with food, no doubt about that. And so I have lots and lots of friends down there now. Uh, we we talk to people on their front porches and and pray with them and and all of the things that are sometimes missing in the neighborhood with people with scowls on their faces and so forth. All of a sudden, they start lighting up. Every time we come down there, we do serve days. We partner with other city churches and so forth, and go down in there, and we'll we'll clean up ten tons of trash in a in a day, and it'll be folks down there with green T-shirts everywhere on every block in that part of the neighborhood, just cleaning up trash and and um, and then providing food and meals for folks while we're doing it. Kids clubs will have events for the children in the neighborhood. And it's just a it's it it changes the atmosphere where we are. Since the beginning of this pandemic. I mean, we're we're in an uncertain world right now. It feels like we're kind of upside down, but it's always faith not fear. Yes. And that's why I wanted to focus these last couple of podcasts on that faith component in our community that I feel is very strong. Yes, it, it and it is. It, and Dayton is full of faith. I can just tell you. There's so many people and so many great congregations, and, and I never have really believed, Dan, that, that the, the churches are supposed to be franchised and self-turned self inward. I've always felt like we all play on the same team, serving the same Savior, and that it would work so much better if we would work together. And so part of our church vision, we've actually turned outward to help other churches, and so our, our mission statement is to see a city know God. Now that's it. To see a city know God is going to require a building much larger than any building that we have. If we met at UD Arena, uh, there'd be no way to get everybody in, at least not in one try. But if you're aiming at everybody, you have to facilitate everybody. That means that every congregation has the opportunity to not only reach people that are unchurched, but to actually minister to them and partner with other churches and make the body of Christ really look what I think the, the, the Lord wants it to look like, and that is united. And so unity for unity's sake is not necessarily the point. The Great Commission or the, the social compassion elements or all the different things that, that really all of us believe but have never w networked together to make it ultimately to see a, a city like Dayton, Ohio come to, to the Lord. And I've met so many tremendous pastors and so, so many tremendous people there's only one reason why I would go to the neighborhood where we're building Dream Center. There's only one reason, is that there's a scripture verse that we started with. We started our church with it 32 years ago, and it's 1 Samuel chapter 2 and verse number 8. This is what it says, that God raises the beggar from the dust and the poor from the ash heap to set them among princes, that they may inherit the throne of glory. 
And so it's the largest social transition in your Bibles, as a verse goes. It's the largest social transition from the ash heap to sitting among princes and inherit the throne of glory. It's the largest social transition that there is. And when we started our church 32 years ago, that was the scripture that that really inspired us to start the church and run it the way that we have. And so everything is outreach-oriented, and and this is one of our pillars that we stand on. There's four. But the last one is everyone is significant. And that if, in fact, 1 Samuel chapter 2, verse 8 is true, that means everyone is significant, no one is beyond help, and so let's just apply ourselves uh, to that end. Let's believe that God wants to do that and then be the hand of God extended. And so that's the, the, really the, the impetus for Dream Center and the reason why we're starting it. And this season, I can tell you, the economics weren't great. The building costs were astronomical, and the, the cost of the project is three times more than I anticipated. And God has been so faithful to supply, almost like a wink from heaven that says, I told you to do this because nobody could have pulled this off except me, and so and that that's the way it feels. It feels like we're just just cooperating with a divine plan. The Dream Center isn't operational yet. The Hope Truck is, and so what we're finding is that as we as we partner with these different organizations, just based on the premise of what Dream Center is supposed to be, that the response has been, "Wow, you want to do that." And you're already this invested, and those kinds of things, and it's and it's raising up almost a, it's the call to courage. It's almost um, you know the sword of the Lord and Gideon. It's it's just one of those kind of moments where uh, there's a rallying cry to say, I don't know what to do, but we got to do something. Mm-hmm. And as soon as that something becomes visible, or you hear about it and it starts to take shape suddenly vision just begins to translate everywhere. And I I think that's what's going on. People want to help. The compassion is everywhere. And I think maybe, not not exclusively, I don't think, for Dream Center, but I I think there's um, a lot of organizations that have a great place to invest and and to participate. It's a volunteer army for us. And so, uh, and the, the, the amount of love and compassion and the support that we've gotten um, over the last couple of years has been absolutely astounding. So partnership from the city, partnership from the county, it hasn't been contained just in the church. I mean, there's government agencies, um, all kinds of folks that want to partner with this. And so, yes, and uh, people like the county administrator, uh, Michael Colbert, has, has given us a huge amount of encouragement from the county and and uh, some of the resources that were available uh, for projects like ours. And so it's been a dynamic partnerships and the, the drug rehabilitation agencies, the other agencies, which, by the way, over the years, even before Dream Center even got started being built, we would take up offerings and give them away to, to support like Target Dayton and, and other agencies. Uh, Good Shepherd Ministries are doing a great job down there. Linden Avenue Baptist Church with Pastor Pam. So many that we found out about, and we just wanted to invest in what they were doing. Well, guess who our partners are now? It's all of these these agencies. We, we want to help them as well as them to partner with us. Uh, Dream Center has gotten a lot of attention, but there's so many out there that over the years that we've supported because of what they're doing. And, and um, so can we do more? Probably. Um, 
but at this point, it's kind of hard to see your way through the challenges. And so I feel for pastors all over the, the, the city and all over the planet, for that matter. Yeah. I ask all my guests this final question, and I know that you're doing this already, but how can we all make it a greater Dayton? You know, partnership is probably the biggest thing. When, when you're a part of something bigger than yourself, you begin to dream bigger. And really, the center is aptly named for that. How do I recover the dream of life uh, when I feel like I'm living a nightmare? And it's really a, a, about the ability for, for everyone to begin to see, wow, I can really toss my resources, my heart, my, my life towards something that's going to make a difference for someone else. And ultimately, it makes people feel great about themselves when they start giving. You know, in, in Luke chapter 6, verse 38, Jesus said, Give, and it shall be given unto you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Well, people have used that for finances, and it certainly applies there. But it's giving anything, giving your life away, giving your volunteer time away. Matter of fact, time is our most precious resource because you'll never have yesterday back again. You'll never have the last minute back again. And so we didn't just use our time, we spent it and never get it back again. So using our time in productive ways, in something that may they may not even know because I gave resources towards Dream Center or something other very worthy, um, they may never know where the, where the support came from. They may never be able to tell me thank you, but God will never forget it. I think maybe that in itself is the key to seeing the atmosphere change in a city that's otherwise really under it after tornadoes and, and, and mass shootings and uh, pandemic and George Floyd. And, the, and honestly, it's unearthed some things that were pretty gnarly, to be honest. But it's also unearthed some real cooperation and desperation has caused us to look to different methods to see this thing. And the clergy huddle has come up. It's just amazing. Pat and a friend of mine and, and colleague of mine to help to get this whole thing started was Pastor Allen of St. Luke's Missionary Baptist. And, and so many others now have joined that whole um, consortium of, of love and opinions and wanting to do something and do it together. And uh, gosh, it's the, the names, if I started naming them, there'd be scores of them. Pastor, good luck to you transforming lives and restoring hope, and uh, we wish you the best in your mission. Thank you, Dan. Thank you for your time. So inspired by these two. God bless you both on your mission. Well, Greater Dayton is powered by the Dayton Business Journal. And why do thousands rely on the enterprising reporting of the DBJ? Because in commerce, time is money. Knowledge is power. Find out why so many people rely on the Dayton Business Journal, not just locally for their stories, but also to stay in touch with what's happening globally. No one gives you better in-depth coverage like the Dayton Business Journal. And our Greater Dayton podcast is also brought to you by Pivotal Media, LLC, integrated marketing, public relations, and commercial production services. What makes someone stop scrolling and land on your page and engage? Well, Pivotal Media has the solutions for you. We'd love to work with you. Expand your brand and your bottom line with Pivotal Media. PivotalMediaLLC.com. Moving your marketing in new directions.
I'm Dan Edwards. Thank you so much for your time, and please share these great stories and tell others about a Greater Dayton podcast. Like and share it. I'd sure appreciate it. But now, it is time for you to go out and make it a Greater Dayton.